Hello, I'm Claudia Winkleman and a huge welcome to Business Unusual. This is a podcast all about entrepreneurs who are doing things differently and it's made in association with the lovely people at Vodafone Business. In this episode, we're going to hear about challenging the status quo in the fitness industry with my guest, Vaughan Barakor. Vaughan is the founder of Our Parks, a community of over 150,000 people who are getting fit totally for free thanks to the exercise classes his business provides. He's here with me now to tell us all about it. Huge welcome to the podcast, Born. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love your website. It says that you are, and you are, a multi-award winning, I mean, you've won a lot of awards, we'll discuss in a minute, sports industry entrepreneur, battle rapper, radio producer, DJ, grime MC, pharmaceutical <laughs> science graduate, and a former community development officer. I, I mean, you might be 138 to have got all of that in, but... <laughs> Is there anything I've missed? You sound brilliant. Uh, no. Oh, thank you so much. It's been it's been a busy busy six years, shall I say? And I mean, they all still fit on one page on my CV. So so you're all right. I'm really good. <laughs> I'm real. I'm really good on that. Well, how did you come up with the idea of our parks? And tell the listeners if they don't know what it is, all about it. So our parks was born in 2014. It was the concept that I felt in London. You're never a mile away from a park, so everyone should have access to high quality exercise. And it really, I really stumbled on it because I was working as a community sports officer at the time for a leisure centre. And I was tasked with getting people who are inactive from hard to reach communities to take part in exercise in the gym. And I, at the time, couldn't afford to take part in the gym exercise myself. And I said to myself, there's something fundamentally wrong here where... We have all these people that are inactive. Yeah. We have all these parks and open spaces. And uh, my mum was a really kind of a building block for our park because she had to get fit. So she went to the park and ran around the park. And she came back and said to me, look, there's so many people outside who want to exercise, but they give up because they have no guidance and no one to set their goals and give them some targets. And then I kind of sat back and I said to myself, what could I do as me being an ex-sportsman, knowing the power of fantastic coaching? And then I decided that we need to change the way in which we deliver exercise and make it accessible and decided to disrupt the market by making exercise free and affordable. And that's how our parks was born. It's such an extraordinary idea. The more I've read about it and the more I've looked in, the more I've seen how many people love it. Because you're right, even if you have the best intentions, you have granola for breakfast, you go, I'm going to the park. If you're by yourself, you can give up after five minutes. How did you then persuade councils to invest in our parks for their local area. How did you pitch it? Because it must have been hard to go, look, we're going to do this and we're doing it for free. Yeah, yeah. Um, with innovation, you kind of have to have something called innovation accounting, something that can account for the idea or the service or the product you're about to deliver. We pitched first in Wolven Forest, who are the founding our parks buyer. And the idea was, I, I said, if we can show the impact of exercise whether it's through health or social mobility in the areas in which we deliver, we can show the cost saved on social return on exercise. So we, we came up with this whole model saying, OK, for every pound you put in, it will save you X amount of pound based on social isolation, obesity, diabetes, all the associated health or even social concerns we have for being inactive and being alone. And when you say it like that, of course, I imagine not that it was easy, but the minute I hear you speak like that, you go, this is just a no-brainer. 
Did all of the councils agree with you? Did they go, yes, we're in? Or was it harder than that? It's, it's always hard to convince anyone of an idea that doesn't exist. Yes. So when, you, when you're doing something that no one can even think about, I mean, can you imagine saying, when I said I was going to leave work to set up a exercise programme that will be free for people to access, but we'll still pay the coaches the same or more than you get paid in the gym. Everyone just laughed at you because it's something they're not used to seeing. Yeah. And you almost have to convince yourself that you're skating towards the future. And a lot of organisations and a lot of kind of companies exist in the now, whereas we're already thinking what's going to be happening five years down the line. And we're now is just, we've already planned now five years ago. So the biggest barrier I'd say was having the confidence to take that leap of faith. Yeah. And then being able to realise how to navigate your ship when it doesn't go according to plan. Of course, but how difficult to stay focused? Because I imagine you're out for drinks with friends or, like you say, you tell your old employer. If lots of people go, what? Don't be ridiculous, Bourne. That's never going to work. You had to have some real inner strength to go, no, I'm going to continue. And was that, you mentioned your mum. Did you need certain people behind you going, no, just keep going? Yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate. My, My wife also runs her own online art gallery and she was a first or she was the first to do online art so as entrepreneurs we have a moment at home where we're always churning out ideas and thinking through yeah. build measure learn feedback loops so I was quite fortunate I had support my family who could see the vision but then it's also is it's just really being able to account for what you're going to be doing so that's I mentioned earlier innovation accounting so it's how can you look at your idea or innovation and you won't be able to get money from the bank because they can't just say, yeah, we understand that. Yeah. Let me give you some money because it's the same model as a dry cleaners or the model didn't exist. So I knew that I really had to think about how I can track week in, daily, yeah. the impact of the idea on the direction in which we want to travel. And I, I think kind of, when, when I say that, it's, it's easy to say, but when I, I talk to lots of new entrepreneurs and it's almost, if you don't have a map or even a, a structure to where you're going and you're just doing, I'm going to go out and see what happens, you'll always guarantee to see what happens, but you won't guarantee to make your success of what you're trying to achieve. And, and I think that's the most important thing with driving forward and we've done so many different innovations within the one iteration of our parks and every year we continue to thrive. Bourne you mentioned I think it was build measure learn loop can you just explain that to an idiot like me please? Uh, Yeah so so the build measure learn feedback loop it's a way it's lean manufacturing so the idea is if you can be lean as possible and do an MVP which is your minimum viable product so what's the minimum you can do to test your hypothesis on your product or service and you use a build, measure, learn feedback loop. So that means our parks, we will build the minimum we needed, which was bookings and coaches and finding the classes. Yeah. We would measure it through how many people book on, how many people find the classes. And then the learn is what you do from that build, measure, learn feedback loop to change, to build, measure, learn again. So 
Great businesses are continuously doing a build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. I see. And excelling. So you never, you basically never sit on your laurels. You're constantly looking for feedback, looking to learn, then you build yourself up again. Yeah, and the, the quicker, so the quicker you can get through that feedback loop, the more successful you will be. It's absolutely brilliant. Can you describe the business growth over the last six years, please? And were there moments where you went, oh, we're onto a winner? And other moments when you were like... I'm not sure. Uh, talk us through the last six years. So, and this is a, one of the moments I always remember, the first or second and third time I tried to go into a park and get people fit in Wolverham Forest and no one turned up and it was raining and I was almost, what have I done? Um, yeah. I've remortgaged the house and this has to work and that's a make or break moment and many people will say, okay, what I would go and do is... I'll go and find some other work and kind of do it on the side. And I knew that I couldn't do this on the side. It had to be all in. Yes. Because when you do, when it becomes a hobby, it doesn't work. It, it will just be a hobby that will float along. And we're throwing up some big numbers now. So we, in the first year, we threw up, I think it was 2,000. We got to 2,000 by the end of the first year. But we really, like, it went from two, three people, four people, yeah. groups of 30. And all we kept doing was... How do you find about find out about it? Um, what can we do to improve? We did coffee mornings. We spoke to the park. We call our users parkers. So we spoke to the parkers. We even said, what would you like to be called? And it came up with the word parkers. So suddenly what we started to do was start to build this brand within the brand. And I always say we wanted not to matter to parkers on service, but we wanted to matter on being a part of their life. Because when you only matter on service. What will happen is one day a coach will be late. One day you have to cancel the class. And if if, if that's them staying with you and leaving you, they will leave. So it's like mattering on, on taste of a, of a drink or so. You will always go to the next thing that tastes best. But what we decided to do was build a culture of Parkers yes. that mattered on a level which was far over just service. It was part of their life. They would walk around, wear their T-shirts, even if they're not going to exercise classes and they'd be proud to call themselves a Wolven Forest Parker. And then suddenly we started seeing numbers. We started getting into other councils. It was it was the Parkers that led this whole kind of evangelist of being a Parker to make sure we could get everywhere, telling their friends in other boroughs. And then year on year, we started to see the numbers growing. Yeah, so in essence, you created a community. Yeah. Didn't you? I mean, they feel, yeah. I love the fact that they're proud to be Parkers and they wear T-shirts. And also, word of mouth is everything, I imagine, for our parks. Yeah, the, the, our word of mouth co coefficient is every one Parker brings three Parkers with them. And that's what we focused on. We focused on how can we get every Parker to refer a friend or bring another two Parkers with them. And I mean, as a business and many businesses that want to go viral, if you can focus on your viral coefficient, yeah, you can then exceed because, like we say, if you, you, your paid marketing, all that kind of stuff works really well to give you a jumpstart growth. But once the money runs out, if you don't have a strategy or even just a culture of being able to refer people, you almost could kind of flatline. Yeah. So everything we do is geared around you come to a session, you tell someone else, you bring someone else. And suddenly we started to see the numbers because we didn't have money to do marketing we did we all we had was money to deliver the sessions because it, it, it's free for the for the parkers and we spent all our resources into paying coaches and getting parkers there 
Are you naturally tech savvy? I mean, you must be because of all the other extraordinary things you've done. How important is technology to the business, if you like? It's incredibly important. I, I said, when I said at our parks, I will never be in a park with a clipboard trying to write someone's name down yeah. as a register. The days of manual registers, I said, I, I said it six years ago, and I, I know there's still people that use them. But for me, the only way to grow was to be able to mine data and make it efficient as possible. So we are really a data-driven company. We collect the baseline data of all our parkers. They sign on, they book into every session, they clicked in. So we, we know everything about our population. We know how many times they're, they're going to sessions, where they're coming from, what's their background. But also we have a happiness rating. So we, we ask them to rate their happiness at the beginning. Oh, that's brilliant. And then we can survey them and say later on, has your happiness improved because you do yoga every Saturday? I believe people don't know what they want, but they know how to behave in a way in which they want to behave. So as long as you can capture how they're behaving, you can almost give them what they want. Yeah. And that was why I said that at the start of just setting it up, it's not only a exercise program, which is going to be inclusive, fun, build communities, but it's going to do something which is mine data to show our funders, because we had to show our funders the value of the product and service that we, we deliver. Do you do different classes? So you mentioned yoga. Just Do you mind just telling me a few of the services that you do? Yeah, certainly. So our parks delivers online and physical classes in the park now. In the park, we do everything from boot camp to yoga to hula hooping to mums and buggy exercise. We pretty much do everything. Every kind of workout. Every kind of workout. We did a class called Grime Yoga to target people in the States. Yeah. Um, we will go and make a class we look at the demographic and we'll make a class to target the area in which we're trying to be active. There's not a out the box, this is what we do. We know things that do work, obviously from the data we have, but come to our park, sign up, you can take part, it's free. Um, and we have an online offer as well. So if you're not in your area, there's an online offer where you can take part in at least five daily free home workouts as well. You mentioned home workouts. Is that Did that happen because of COVID-19? How has our parks been affected by the outbreak? Yeah, so since COVID-19, 24 hours after lockdown was announced, we went our parks live, wow. all online. That's fast. Yeah, we, we, we was up all night. We decided that we can't let the population of parkers down and went online. We are the biggest free online. We give we give seven classes a day now for free Gosh. Uh, to, to our parkers. But the beauty of what we did, we not only went online and used streaming platforms, we tracked what we did. So we didn't go, okay, let's go online and do lots of Facebook Live and lots of Instagram. We said, no, we're going to build the platform. So you still have to sign up. You still have to book into a class so we could see what the parkers like and how they behave. So yeah. it's all back to that mining process. Anything we do, we're trying to think about the future and see based on the behave, how they're behaving now, how can we predict behaviour in the future to keep them fit and healthy? And also you're listening to them. So you're finding out the information. I mean, I'll be honest, I've occasionally clicked on a live exercise thing on Instagram, but haven't moved. I've just sat there, watched it, literally eating a bag of crisps. So at least you can see people are, they can tell you if they liked it, 
and how they felt about it. When lockdown eases, it's slowly starting to ease. Do you think you'll continue to do online classes? Or for you, is it about getting people out in the oxygen as well? 100% we'll continue with the online classes and, and they will just run alongside the physical classes. Uh, with our online classes, we're seeing Parkers who didn't put the cameras on at the beginning. Now they've got the cameras on. They're having birthday parties in mm. in, in the session. People yeah. making virtual cards for each other. So even though they're not physically with each other, they are because they, they can talk and have that time online. So we'll, we'll, we'll still continue to deliver that. You must be incredibly proud of what you've done when you look at those communities. Yeah, I, I am. I'm proud of all what the Parkers are achieving. I've seen Parkers come in with low confidence, never exercise or haven't exercised for a long period of time, come in and run marathons and become coaches and meet people. We've had people that live next door to each other and haven't spoken to each other ever. Mm. And suddenly they come into an outdoor exercise class. And for some reason, when you're not inside a gym and you're not on your treadmill, you can talk to the person next to you and you can yeah. you can hold the boxing pads and suddenly you become friends and the, the kids play and they, they go on holidays together. We had Parkers go skiing for the first time because they met at class and one of the Parkers said, let's try skiing. So it's 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 amazing when I, when I look at it. But then... I, there's another side of me that says we only have 150,000 people and, and there's so many more people we need to be reaching. So I I kind of, I know that even though I'm proud of all the Parkers, I want more people, more Parkers to experience this because in activity levels across the UK, we can help contribute to making people active. With online workouts, our Parks has done an excellent job of pivoting from a face-to-face -face business to one that provides its services online. If you run a small or medium business, it's likely you have also had to make big changes to the way you work. Let me tell you about a new free offering from Vodafone that will help your business to become more digital, resilient and future-ready. Vodafone are committed to supporting your business as you adjust to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's why they've launched VHub by Vodafone Business. VHub provides digital business insight, one-to-one -one support and a wealth of information all in one place. It's packed with resources that will help you get more out of your technology, boost your digital know-how and prepare your business for a new post-COVID way of working. With VHub, you can get one-to-one -one support from Vodafone's advisors and discuss all sorts of digital topics, from remote working to cybersecurity, over the phone or on a web chat. You can access a knowledge centre that's packed with content to help you with everything from setting up a website or online shop to tips on improving your digital marketing. What's more, coming soon will be videos and informative webinars, so keep checking back for new content. All this great stuff can be accessed via a simple interactive hub at vodafone.co.uk forward slash business forward slash vhub. Vhub by Vodafone Business is available for free for a limited period only. So take a look today and see how your business could benefit from all the useful resources on offer. Keep connecting with Vodafone. You've talked a lot about this wonderful community of Parkers, but I imagine you also have to bring in and have, sort of create a community of instructors too. How were you able to do that? Because when you went to them, you must have gone, look, we'll pay you, but 
here's how it's going to work. The people who you're working out are not going to pay you. Were they sort of slightly confused? And once they're in, have they stayed with you along the journey? Yeah, and this was this is one of the most exciting parts of building our parks was the coach journey. So at the beginning, I was scrambling. I was trying to get coaches. I was like, oh, who do I know? Just trying to get as many people in as possible. And then something, something happened. We were running a, a good 40-odd sessions um, in Wolven Forest at the time. And I started seeing coaches, which, let's just call it the magic, that had this magic yes. which kept people and parkers coming back, kept growing numbers. And then I saw coaches that didn't have the magic. And I, and I said to myself, what's going on here? Because we've got a fantastic program. It's free. Yeah. So it's, it's harder for us because... If it's free, it has to be really good. Yes. Or yes. there be, oh, it's free, it's rubbish. And I knew it was going to be rubbish because it's free. We need it to be, it's free. Why is this free? So I said, we need to find what that magic is. So we did some split tests. We had two coaches. We watched what they did. One was a level three coach. One was a level two coach. We what came does that to mean? Three, is three harder? Sorry to be clear. Yeah, three is higher. Yeah, so, yeah, right, so okay. three is a higher, your, your qualification, a higher level of qualification, right, okay. let's say. So technically you're more qualified and you should you yeah. should be better in, in, in brackets, let's say. And then I kind of sat back and I said to myself, do you know what? It's not about qualification. Yeah. It's about your people and communication skills. It's all about those soft skills. So we decided we, we're going to audition every single coach. And then we say, gave them social media training and we gave them a bit more skills. All those, all those little soft things, which you take a photo, you tag everyone inside that photo, everyone's smiling and they share it. What happens on their Facebook, on their Instagram feed? The last thing they remember is them smiling. It could have been the hardest session in the world. Yes. And they like it and they share it and they come back next week. So that there, were, there, was, there was little things we talked to coaches and we started to get... I. I strongly believe we have the best coaches in the universe because they are super coaches they are approachable they remember your name they they adapt the session to suit everyone and they take parkers out for socials and have christmas parties they do they do that extra yes bit of work which as you grow as a big organization i can't physically be and see everyone like i used to so we need to have these mini coach we call them coach parkers that are employing a level of social and kind of, let's say, gratitude to the parkers for turning up. Yeah, totally. And, and that's what we went and did. That's fantastic. There are highs and lows, obviously, in every business. Tell us about a standout high, and if you don't mind, a moment where you thought, I just can't do this, this is too hard. I think standout high has to be winning the BT Sports Industry Award. But that was a big award. We was up against yes. some multi-million pound companies and campaigns. I remember sitting there and we was at the back of the room as well. So we was at the back. We couldn't really afford to pay for a table. And we're, we're there sitting down and, and everyone on my table were going up and not being successful. And it was like, I was the last person on that table. And they coined it the losing table. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm only here for the, just for the party. And then yeah. they said our name. And I, w- I was... Over the moon. I, I, I was so proud of like the coaches, the pockers on that journey to get to that point because life as an entrepreneur can be very lonely. It can be. I mean, if you don't celebrate, and that's why we 
apply to awards because yeah. if you can't be recognised for what you're doing, you end up in a hamster wheel which keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. And there's no milestone to say, we did this, we won this, we done this. Yes. This is why we need to keep going. So that that's a, that's a high moment. That was a really high moment. And since then, we've had a lots of awards every year, sometimes multiple in each I've year. I've seen so. the list is amazing. What about a moment <laughs> that was um, particularly challenging? I mean, were there moments where you just went, do you know what, this is, this is too hard? Yeah. When it comes to a moment of this is too hard, it's when I was probably sleeping four hours a day and we had a, a quite a challenging client at the time as well. One of the barbers that we don't work with anymore. It was relentless. I was doing everything. So marketing, the paying the coaches, the setting up the sessions, the risk assessments. the And it came to a point where I remember I was sitting down and there's one night, some nights I would have to work through the whole night <laughs> to make sure I could get the things sent over to the councils. Because in the beginning, we didn't have the software to pull the reports. We said we did, but it was really me on Excel just pulling all these reports together. And it's because you, we had to get to the next level and the next yeah. level needed a bit more investment, but we needed to prove the concept to people. So we'd do these fancy reports and it would take a lot of time to do. I remember I said to my wife at the time, my wife was like, you look too tired, you need to sleep, you need to have a rest, you're, you're gonna burn out. And I, I was like, I know, but I can't. Like, I literally couldn't Yeah, stop. it's not I'm, possible. It's not possible. I, I, I managed to get through it. I managed to deliver all the stuff we said we would deliver. And then after that point, I said, I'm never doing business with people I don't like because yeah. it's just emotionally draining. And you end up being less productive because you're continuously worrying about trying to deliver something which is unreasonable. Um, and that changed, that changed us. And then obviously we, now it's all automated. Everything you see just works in the back end. And we have, a, I say we have a lot of time, but we have more time, more time yeah. to do the things that really matter. And that's talking on things like this, talking to the parkers, doing stuff and, and educating the coaches. So we do some stuff with our coaches now where we try and help them with their business and give them guidance because a lot of them are freelance coaches on how to yeah. grow themselves and give them really give them back. So yeah, that was a that was a low point. I I would say yeah, that was at near the beginning. What does if this is not too weird a question? What does success look like to you? I mean, is that when you I can only imagine like when you go oh there are ten classes happening all at the same time like our work is done, or or do you have an image for the future that you you know do you want to double your parkers what. What will it look like? So we, 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 look, we race towards the future. For me, success is no matter where you are in the UK, you can access an, an R parts class in your park. You could walk out of your door on a Saturday morning or on a weekday evening and take part in higher quality exercise. It's a million plus users. It's also a workforce that isn't made up of your conventional coaches. It's given people access to deliver high quality exercise that can't afford it at this precise moment. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because we're developing a coaching qualification funded by Sport England to give communities the opportunity to deliver coaching in their community. The biggest problem we have 
within activity is that when you look at the sector, the journey and the, the amount of money it costs to do it, we are alienating so many good coaches. Yeah. And I, I, I liken this to the lollipop lady, that, that's a fantastic lollipop lady that, all the way to school. She's amazing. She gets everyone across the road. She's happy. She dances. Yeah. <laughs> she is a coach. She is a coach. She should be delivering high quality exercise in the parks. And possibly she doesn't do it because she doesn't know she could do it. Yeah. She can't afford to do it. Or the, the access to be allowing her to do it is not accessible for her. So the, the future for me is kind of more parkers, more coach parkers. So that's individuals that yeah. were never thought about coaching, delivering enthusiastic and structured sessions that's welcoming for everyone across the nation. I have to ask about the album. I have to. Yes. Tell me wow. all about the album you've just created. So we're launching, we launched the first single. Guys, please go and stream it. All of the proceeds go towards making exercise free and accessible for the groups we just discussed. Yeah. Um, the first single is called, it's by, by Born Barracore, it's called Exercise. Um, and the album is called Fitness King. And it came about, again, from an innovation of, we listen to music and we play music when we're exercising and when we're working out. And we generally are playing a genre of music that isn't fit for the job we're trying to get done. What does that mean? Tell me more. So we're, so we're trying to exercise, but then you're listening to a genre of music which isn't around motivating you, yeah. talking about exercise, keep on going. Yes. It's all around how many girls they've got, how much money you've got. It's not really geared towards the job of working out and exercising. Yeah, you're completely right. So what I thought we do, why don't we just make an, an album that is about exercising? And it's, it's, gonna, it's songs, it's, it's got hooks, it's well produced, it's got lyrics, it's got punchlines. And we're going to make it streamable. And all of the proceeds go towards more exercise. Yeah. It's just a build, measure, learn, a loop that we can continue making albums and we continue funding free exercise if the people exercising continue playing the, the music. And suddenly we, we, we're, do, we're doing a job that needs to be done. One, it's contributing to giving you the opportunity and the atmosphere when you're working out. Two, it's funding yes. exercise classes across the UK. I think what you're doing is utterly brilliant. Honestly, I know I sound like a weird orange old lady, but I think everybody needs to find out more about our parks because even if, if you can afford it, don't use it, but definitely tell people. Am I wrong or am I definitely. right? Definitely. Final question. Which class, if you like, are you the most proud of? Do you feel does the best job for the communities? Wow. That's a really good question. Um... I don't think there's a particular class. Yeah. I think I'm just most proud of the word Parker. Yes. And the way in which Parkers come in and they really embrace the, the culture, the community, and they go to the classes and say they're Parkers. So for me, every every class that has Parkers in, I'm so proud of it because they go away feeling like they belong to a community of people that are changing the way in which we do things for the greater good. Bourne, thank you so much. It was so lovely to speak to you. 
Thank you, thank oh, you. Likewise. And everybody just needs to look up our parks. I'm following you on Instagram. I've, I've done the whole thing, but everybody who's listening, please get involved. Thank you so much, Claudio. That was awesome. And massive thank you to Vodafone for inviting me on. Thank you so much to Bourne Barrical for joining me on the podcast. It's so great to hear how our parks reaches customers that are often left out by the mainstream fitness industry. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could rate and review the podcast and also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're interested in getting support from Vodafone's Business Bee Hub, then you can find more information at vodafone.co.uk forward slash business forward slash the hub. Next episode, I'll be talking with the co-founder of Growing Underground, the world's first underground farm, to find out how on earth it all works. <laughs>